This is episode 7 of One Page at a Time, What Your Child's Teacher Wants You to Know About Reading, with Sarah Wood. Podcasting from Virginia and Dubai. This is One Page at a Time, where we bring you strategies and resources for using books in your home. We are your hosts, Jill and Amanda. So Amanda, we have a wonderful interview today. We do. um, With a teacher. So I've been really excited for this one. I've been wanting to talk to a teacher because my kid is fairly new in the whole school thing. I think I've said that a million times so far, but just in case you didn't know, my kid is in school now and it's new. Um, So I've been really excited to talk to a teacher and kind of get her perspective about this whole reading thing. It's a really important, I'm going to have to use the word perspective again because I can't think of any other. But it's an important perspective to know what a teacher wants you to know of what a teacher thinks of what a teacher knows already, you know, about reading in in the home because kids are in school so long every day. You know, what what are teachers doing all day? I don't know. But we're we're going to find out. But now we we got a little inside information for you guys. Awesome possum. Well, let's get to the interview, shall we? Let's do it. A wonderful teacher who's doing wonderful work with her kids. So let's hear what she has to say. Let's do it. Today we have someone with us who spends all day with kids of all ages, whether at home with her awesome little boy at the dance studio or at work where she's been an elementary school teacher for the past 12 years, she is surrounded. She strongly believes that there is almost nothing as important in a child's life than being read to, which is why I think Amanda and I are just destined to be friends with her. Welcome, Sarah Wood. Thank you so much for having me. That was like the nicest introduction ever. (laughs) Well, I am just amazed with what everything that you do in your life. Now, we're obviously here to talk about reading and books, but I'm a dancer as well. So I just have to ask, what kind of dance do you love and do you do? Um, My absolute favorite is tap, but I also um, do a little bit of jazz and um, I quit ballet when I was young because I just couldn't take it. So (laughs) she gasped. She's like, (gasps) when you said tap. (laughs) I love tap as well. I love any kind of dance form that I get to make that percussion with my feet. So I've done tap, I've done clogging, I've done Irish hard shoe. Oh, so fun. I love those styles. That's so, so, so fun. And they're the styles that are easiest to do as you get older. Yes, they are. <laughs> oh, I feel you. Um, well, awesome. I'm glad we connect. I am also very excited to get your perspective on reading with your many years of experience teaching children. And it's one of the things I love to talk about. So I'm super excited about it. Perfect. Um, so remind me what grades you've taught so far. I have done first grade, second grade, a multi-age, which was a combination of first and second grade, third grade, and fifth grade. And what grade are you teaching this year? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. And just for um, what about what ages are, are those kids, the fifth graders? The fifth graders range. So in my class this year, I have anywhere from nine years old to 12 years old because I have a couple that are a little younger that ju- are just turning 10 now. And I have a couple who are already turning 12. So kind of okay. a big range this year. Yeah, yeah. It comes with its own challenges. Sure does. <laughs> and you get to kind of see them at all these different stages. So you start out with those little first graders who here in the States, they're usually five, six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And now you've got these nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds. 
So with all of that background, have you been able to tell a difference in with your students in which ones are reading and being read to at home? 100%. You can totally tell. And it might not be right away, but by the time you get to really know the kids by November, you can really tell who is reading books at home, who likes books, who goes to the library as a family, just by the conversations you have with the kids, but also by the different hallmarks that they kind of show in the classroom, some of the different behaviors that they share. Um, So like students who really like to read, um, students who look forward to us as a class going to the library, who can tell you about a favorite book without even thinking. Um, They might use character names or book titles or um, usually a little bit higher reading levels, things like that. Those are the kids that you can tell read at home. There's clearly a fostering of learning at home. There's clearly books being read to or talked about when they're at home. And that makes such a huge difference because my kids who aren't being read to at home or who aren't reading at home, um, it's really hard to find books that they like. And that's like my big goal for kids, especially in fifth grade. I always tell them the first week of school, some point this year, I will make sure that you have an author or a book or a series that you love by the time you leave me at the end of fifth grade. Um, And those kids are also super distracted at reading time. So when we're doing reading rotations and things like that in the classroom, they tend to like really easily get distracted from what they're supposed to be doing. Okay, this is terrifying because I I feel like this puts a lot of pressure on us as parents. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I don't know if we'll publish this or not, but do you judge parents based on whether or not they're kids? I personally do not, but there are teachers who do. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. What would be the baseline of like, okay, let's have our children memorize this rote thing so that, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is kind of, it's, it's flooring to me that it's so obvious to you. Yeah. And it's not obvious with every kid, but now that I've been in education long enough, you can pick out pretty quickly who is going to the library, who's reading at home, who talks about books, even something as simple as a parent saying like, hey, go read your book for 20 minutes just to like chill out and calm down and things like that. Like you can tell the parents who instill reading or at least require them to read at home compared to kids who don't. And that I com- when I talk about this, I always completely take out kids who are learning a second language. So my ESOL kiddos who are students who are learning English as a second language, I don't group them into this category at all because many of them they're reading books in their home language or they are you know like they talk with their parents their parents take them to the library things like that but their reading level is never going to be as high because they're still learning a second language um so i always try to make sure that i delineate like these are kids that are proficient in english (laughs) when i talk about the difference between them because there are kids who or you know kids with disabilities obviously they're going to be at a different point but nine times out of ten kids who have disabilities parents are working with them at home because they want to try and catch them up because they want to get them to a place where they feel like they're on par with their peers i'm i'm a little bit with you amanda but at the same time where you know it's kind of like i hope that i'm doing what i need to do to make my kids but at the same time so we've you know, we've done several interviews, and I don't know, I, um, I'm assuming you've heard of it, the Read Loud Handbook. Yes. Um, so we actually interviewed Cindy Georges. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, it was an amazing interview. Um, and at this point, when when your episode is released, hers will have been released as well, so you can listen oh, cool. to it. I, so talking to her, it, 
she, the joy just came out. And so these things that we can do at home with our kids, it's not like it's, it's homework. It's not like it's this, like, um, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I kind of calmed down a little bit as you were talking because I was like, you know what? These are things that I want to do with my kids. And these are the things that I enjoy doing with my kids. I look forward to sitting down Mm -hmm. and having that calm bonding time with them. I look forward to going to, I I love libraries. (laughs) I look forward to going to libraries. And so, you know, as parents are listening to this and hearing, you know, these, these teachers can tell the difference in these kids. They're not, it's not like you're wanting them to do these like crazy things at home. It's things that are enjoyable Mm -hmm. and pleasant and can build this bonding experience, this relationship with your child, right? Absolutely. So as a teacher, what would you like your parents of students to know, or at least be more aware of when it comes to, so you have all these students, they're getting all these different experiences at home. So if you could like kind of sit them all down and say, you know, say your piece, what's something that you would want them to know when it comes to reading? Honestly, it's just that all kids, no matter what their age, they love being read to. I can't believe how quiet my class gets with 9, 10, 11, and 12-year-olds, which I know your kids are a little younger. They don't stop talking. (laughs) So the fact that the minute I pick up a book, you could hear a pin drop in my room. That alone speaks volumes about how much kids just like to be read to and they like to listen to books. And, you know, I think sometimes people are too quick to be like, oh, well, my kid is so independent. They don't need me anymore. And they still need you. And it's totally okay. Even when they're in fifth and sixth grade, like you can still read to them and you can still, you know, get out a book together from the library and read it together. Or, um, you know, even like one of those things where you will read a book and then watch the movie together as a family, like little tiny things like that are so, so helpful in the school because then these kids actually like books and they come in and they're like, oh, reading time, this isn't so bad, you know? Um, So it definitely makes a huge difference. So if I could just like sit all parents down across America, I would just say, read with your kids. That's literally all you have to do. Well, hopefully there are lots of parents listening to this. And so you did. You just sat them down. They heard (laughs) you. They listened. And hopefully we're all going to take it to heart. But as a parent, I sometimes, I mean, I'm trying really hard to get involved with, with the school and get to know the teachers and things. But I still feel like a little bit of what my son does at school is kind of a mystery to me. It's a new experience for me (laughs) to have him gone from me and doing these things that I don't know. And so I'm kind of curious, what are some of the ways you use books in your classroom as a teacher? And and not just this year, but also kind of all these different years that you've had. What are some things you've done with books to give us an idea of what our, our kids are doing? Absolutely. Um, so no matter what grade level I have taught, I have used books all day long. So when I taught first and second grade, I used a lot of books in math. So when we were talking about symmetry, we would read a book where a character might be exploring symmetry and um, exploring the symmetry among shapes throughout the whole book. Um, And then that gives me stopping points where I can stop and be like, hey, where do you see examples of symmetry in the pictures? And it ties in those math concepts, but it's through a book which calms them down and really gets them engaged in what it is that we're doing. Um, I do it in science, um, whatever it is that we're studying. I try to find nonfiction books that go along with whatever it is that we're teaching. I use it in reading rotations and I use reading rotations no matter what grade level I teach. So they look very different grade level to grade level. So when I taught first and second grade, they were very highly structured. I had explicit directions and 
we did the same thing every single day so that the kids knew exactly what to expect. But with my fifth graders, we changed them out all throughout the week and they're doing all sorts of different things and they may not do the same three rotations every day. They might do some things where they're working with words. They might do some writing. They might do a reading response. So it definitely changes grade level to grade level. Um, But during that time when they're doing those reading rotations, they've got books in their hands. They've got words in their hands. They're writing. They're, you know, they're doing things or they're talking about books. And even my fifth graders, I have them read with a buddy and it's one of their favorite things to do. And people are like, why would you make them do that? They don't have to read out loud very often. I said, because they like doing it. And so for me, I want them to like reading. So if that means that I get to let them do something that they enjoy doing during reading, then they'll do the stuff I want them to do during reading. Um, So the other thing I always do is a class read aloud. And that's when I take a book, usually a chapter book, even in um, first and second grade, I would pick a lower level chapter book or a beginning chapter book that I would introduce to the kids. And we would read it over the, the course of a couple of days or weeks, or in some cases, even months, depending on how long the book is. Um, and it's just a small time of our day where for 10 to 15 minutes, we just sit down and we read part of the book and we have conversations about it afterwards, like how do you think the characters are feeling and why do you think they're feeling that way and what changes have you seen happen? And just really simple questions that don't have to go super in depth, but it gets them talking about books and they don't realize how much they're learning through it. That is amazing. And you can tell by the way that you're talking about it that you you love what you do and you are an amazing teacher. And Oh, thank you. <laughs> like it sounds like you've used so many amazing books and we're going to put out a list. Sarah's going to give us a list. And we'll put a list on the website for you guys to go and look at, at the list and see some of these awesome books that she's using. And we can use them ourselves as well. Amanda, do you, now that I've kind of interrupted myself, do you have, do you have anything, any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, so I did have one question. And maybe this is putting you on the spot a little bit too much. So uh, if, yeah, just let me know if, if this is like too much. But totally fine. So while you were describing how you use books in so many different ways in your classroom, I was thinking, wow, this would be amazing if I knew how to do this too. I'm not a teacher. I have no idea how to do this. So could you think of a way that a parent could use a book to talk about something like science or music or something? You know, let's say we go to the library and we get a book on a topic that our kids love especially something that comes from the reference section of the children's books, you know, Uh, can you think of something that, or maybe a strategy, but a way that we could do that at home? Absolutely. Um, There's actually a couple of Instagram moms that I have followed. Um, One is the book report and she has some underscores and things like that in there, but she does a really nice job. She's a stay at home mom. She used to be a teacher And she does a really great job sharing books that they love as a family and some activities that they do surrounding those books. So she does, I mean, I know she has the teaching background, but she does exactly what you're talking about. Um, And there's actually a couple of resources out there. There's one that I've suggested to parents when I taught first and second grade. Um, It's called readingrockets.org. I believe it's PBS affiliated. excuse me, Um, and they have a couple of things on there that are really great resources and videos that you could use um, 
talking about exactly that. Like, how do you read nonfiction books at home? Um, But my best suggestion would just be find something that your kid is interested in. Like my two-year-old right now loves trucks. So, you know, we go to the library and we get out all the fire truck books that they have. And then we read them at home and then we play with his fire trucks so that he's seeing that it's related. Or then you go take a little trip to the fire engine, you know, that's local and, you know, call up the fire station and say, hey, can we come visit? Can my kid come visit the truck? So then they're connecting real life things with the books that they're reading. And then for older kids, doing something really similar. You know, um, I always tell people, especially with my fifth and sixth graders, um, get out a chapter book together from the library. And then whatever the theme is in the book, you know, watch a movie that has a similar theme or watch the movie together if it has been made into a movie after you've read it together. Talk about the difference between the book and the movie. Um, And in terms of doing things with like science, um, find stuff that they're into. Like if they really like rocks and minerals, then, you know, you get a book about rocks and minerals and then you go take a dig in your backyard and see what kinds of rocks you can come up with and you know little pebbles and stones and things that you might find and what type of rock do you think this might be um and it's funny because some of these things come natural to me as a teacher but i think some of them just come to me because of the experiences i had as a kid so you know my parents were always having us outside doing stuff outside and we always read together as a family too um so i think for me it's just been very natural to use books for science or for math and i always tell parents get the book first and then pick the activity because if you try to find a book to fit an activity it may not always go in your favor that's a really good tip. it really is and i love how it, you're basically describing creating a little unit of study based on something that your kid loves, right? Pretty much. That's awesome. Yeah. I also thought that while you were talking that, so we we talk a lot about this bonding experience that reading is, and when they're little, that means snuggling in your lap, sitting in the rocking chair. But as they get older, that's not the case anymore. But I was picturing as you were describing these activities, if I, so my kids are interested in things that I personally don't know very much about or, but to, to get into it that deep with them is showing them this love and care and attention that creates that bond that the sitting in the rocking chair does. And it was just this moment for me of where I was like, mm-hmm. that, like, that just sounds so wonderful to, to give my kids that time that used to be spent in the rocking chair can now be spent outside or wherever, you know, um, doing exactly. these things with them. So I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same type of love just looks a little different. <laughs> all right. So are you, so we have all these books that you use in your classroom. I'm assuming you, you use books at home too. Are you? Yes, absolutely. So you have a son. Is that right? Yes. He's two. Oh, such a fun age. It is. It is delightful. I love it. Yeah. One of my favorite things I've heard recently is being two is fine. <laughs> like <laughs> that is the perfect phrase for two-year-olds. Yes, yes, it is. So with your two-year-old, what are some things that you've done? You kind of have this experience with these older kids. So has it been a different experience with this younger child? Yes, most definitely, especially being your own child. Um, And it's so funny because over the years, I've had so many teachers who have had their student in my class, and they always say like, yeah, you might be a teacher, but your own kid is so different. And that is so true. (laughs) Um, But at home, like, 
I knew how how important reading was to me and how important it is to my students at school and how important it is that, you know, they're they have books in their hands. And so when we did my baby shower, I actually asked for people instead of um, bringing a card to bring a book instead. So we were able to build his library immensely. I mean, we had to buy a three shelf bookshelf to fit all of the books that people gave us. Um, And there were a couple of people that because they knew I was a teacher, they bought two and three and four books. And then I, of course, have all my teacher friends who some of them literally just got me a basket full of books to give him. Um, And we didn't know we were having a boy. So we got all sorts of different books, which I love because I can still read to him about princesses. And it makes me super happy that he gets all sorts of different book experiences. Um, But right now he is super, super into any books that have anything to do with trucks and fire trucks and ambulances and construction things. Um, But he loves being read to. And sometimes I use it as like a decoy. So when he's having one of his two-year-old meltdowns, I just go, hey, buddy, you want to get a book out and read? And one of his absolute favorite books right now is called Garbage Truck. And the entire book. And I actually think it's called Vroom Vroom Garbage Truck, but the entire book is done in onomatopoeias. So last year I took it into my classroom and read it to my fifth graders when we did figurative language. And they were like, wait, you're reading us the book that you read to Everett? And I was like, yeah, like it it literally covers exactly what we're supposed to be learning right now. And they were enraptured. (laughs) So it was super cool. That is so cool. And I love discovering all these new, I have my favorite kids books from when I was a kid, but now with my kids, there's been so many that have been written since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. There's so many out there. Yes. And I love this thought of using them even as the kids are older, like with your fifth graders and, and I bet they love the book. They might've, they might've. They totally did. They were like, can you read it again? That's awesome. I have, I'm going to look into that. I have a a truck loving boy as well. Vroom vroom garbage truck. Yep. <laughs> We're adding that one to the list. That is awesome. So other than vroom vroom garbage truck, um, are there other books that you or your son are loving right now that you guys are reading? Yeah, he loves, there's a random book that somebody had got us for our baby shower called My Truck is Stuck. And he loves reading that one. And as a matter of fact, we turned it into a random song because he likes to be sung to before he goes to bed. So we made up a song that kind of goes along with the book. Um, He also loves Little Blue Truck. And honestly, we just read him at least one, if not two books every single night before he goes to bed as like a calm down mechanism. But he just sits there and he brushes his little teeth and we read a book together. And my husband comes into the room for that part of bedtime. And so it's like this little family thing that we do. And I hope that we can continue that as he gets older. And if we have a second or a third kid that we can continue it kind of as like a little family tradition for us. Um, Because it's one of my favorite parts of the day. Because after a long day of teaching, after making dinner, after cleaning up the house, after giving him a bath, like you're just exhausted as a parent. And it's nice to just like sit in a rocking chair with him, with him on my lap. He's brushing his little teeth. He's happy as can be. And we just read a book together. And we usually let him pick it out. Um, I'll pick out a bunch of books and put them in a basket and then we let him pick from the basket. So it's not so overwhelming, but he has his couple of favorites, but, um, those are two that he loves to read right now. Um, but we, we don't just limit it to the ones that he likes to read. We pick out some different ones too, so that he gets exposed to different books. That's awesome. And I love the idea of, of the basket. Cause we also have, 
um, each of the kids, we have two kids' rooms right now, and they each have a, a shelf full of books. And of course, the almost two-year-old pulls them off, so they're usually on the floor, let's be honest. Right. <laughs> and so we get to bedtime, and, and she's sitting there sorting through this pile of books on, on the floor, and I'm like, all right, let's get this show on the road. So I love right? <laughs> I love that idea. I think I'm going to steal it, getting that little basket and, and giving her the basket and say, pick a book, any book, go ahead. Right. Yeah. That's my mom hack. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Well, wonderful. Are you reading anything right now that you are excited about? I am. So um, I don't get a chance since I've had my son to read very often. And I was, we're looking at potentially moving soon. So I was cleaning out a closet the other day and I came across a book I had bought years ago and never got around to reading. Um, and it's a professional text. So, but it has to do with what we're talking about right now, which I thought was really funny. Um, and it's called Reading in the Wild. Um, and I had read the precursor book to this years ago for a professional development I took. And Donalyn Miller is the author and she is all about getting kids to love reading. So her first book was called The Book Whisperer. And it's like, kind of her little tips and tricks and secrets to get kids to actually like reading. And one of the big takeaways I took from that original book was like, just read to kids and just, you know, keep introducing different books to them and talk about books. And eventually they'll get the picture that like, okay, books are really cool. Um, So I am not very far into this one, but it's her... Um, her kind of guide to the five habits of reading. Um, She said there's five key reading habits to cultivate lifelong reading. Um, So I'm finding the book super, super interesting, and it's giving me a lot of really good ideas for some things that I can do in my classroom, but also that I can do at home with Everett as he gets a little bit older. So I'm super excited. Um, And it's just you know, simple things like sharing books and reading books with other people, um, selecting reading materials that's appropriate for you, um, how we show our preferences. Like I may not always read a science fiction book because it's not my thing, but I have a kid in my class who absolutely loves those types of books. So that might be something that he picks out because they're his preferences. Um, So what I really love about this book is it breaks it down and when I first picked it up, I was like, oh, this is going to be a lot of heavy information, but it reads like a conversation. So I absolutely am loving reading it right now. Um, and then in my classroom, I'm actually reading The One and Only Ivan, which is hands down one of my absolute most favorite chapter books of all time. I love those ideas. And you're right. Reading in the Wild sounds just right up our alley, and I'm definitely going to look into it. Well, that this has been amazing and you sound amazing and like an amazing teacher. And I hope that my children get teachers like you as they're getting Thank older you. because you having this love of books and reading has got to rub off on them. And, and especially for the kids who aren't getting it at home, having this in their life is going to make such a difference. I second that. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your wonderful experience and your love and your passion. It has been a wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you both for having me. It's been a lot of fun and it's, you know, it's nice to be able to talk about stuff that you love. Yes. And I find it's nice to talk about it with other people who also love it. True. And you can get excited and and get into it and you don't feel like you're boring people. Exactly. We've been here sharing this love with each other and hopefully with lots of others too. I love that interview. It was. 
I, I've been a little nervous about my, my kids starting school, but with teachers like that out there, I feel so much better. And I know not every teacher is the same, but they all, you know, they all have their, their positives and minuses, but I know that there are ones out there like Sarah. And I am just so excited about the work that she's doing with her kids and, and her son at home and so many ideas that it gave me. So many. I have to admit that I was looking up the person on Instagram the book report yeah I was definitely looking that up <laughs> that is awesome but I love that I mean teachers use a lot of books in the classroom right and kids are at school a long time so it kind of gives me a little hope I mean part of part of the interview I was like what you're gonna know all my deep dirty secrets and there's nothing I can do about it because my five-year-old can be you know not well she's not five yet but you know my kid is not going to be honest even so if I'm like I made you sit down and read this book it's just not going to say anything anyway so part of the interview I was a little bit like uh, 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 but then there's this ray of hope there because teachers are working with your kids and with books for a long time every day and it gives me hope that they have this big group of kids and they make it an environment that they do use these things and they and i mean sarah was talking about how she can see that kids love being read to they love you interacting with books and if i can engender the right environment in my home then i can also have a home filled with books and not so much screen time, and not so much of these other things that maybe aren't filling the bucket quite so full. It's it's a possibility, because kids do like it. You just build it in. Exactly. And I get overwhelmed by too too many things. And so, like, when when my, my son's teacher sends me home, like, he needs to be doing this every night, and this every night, and this every night. And there's, like, spelling words, and reading aloud, and being read to, and sight words, and sound blending. And I'm like, ah, head exploding. And so I had this big chat with my husband about how I can handle it, not even him, how I can handle it as a parent. And we came up with, with this thing. And, and I just need to remember that I don't have to do it all every day. And I think that that applies to this too. She's given us so many ideas. And if you're feeling overwhelmed and feeling like you're not doing anything with your kids, that's not the point at all. The point is just to get these ideas and you find, pick one that you're excited about and just try it and go from there. Don't feel like you need to do everything all at once. And that's a lesson that I've been learning lately to not feel like I need to do it all. And so I'm excited, like you said, to check out this, this mom on Instagram, the book report, and maybe try one of her ideas and go from there and see how it goes for me. Yeah. And I do love Sarah's suggestion to kind of create that unit mm -hmm. of schooling or that holistic approach to something that your child already yeah. shows an interest in. And that could yep. work for any age and kind of incorporate books into a seamless sort of pattern that is in your home. So if you're willing to put in just a little bit of effort, because you are going to have to, you know, find, I don't know, it, it seems a little bit harder for me. And I know that people are going to be listening to this here in Dubai and other places that don't have library access. And so it does seem a little bit intimidating from that standpoint, but hopefully 
people can find, uh, I guess the the troop is the word that automatically came. But you know, the warrior moms and parents and teachers who have them there. So schools do have libraries that you can ask your teachers and say, okay, you know, my kid really likes this. Are there any books at the library that deal with this? Can we take them home? Can we use them? Can we, you know, and teachers are going to want to help you use books at home. Yes. And that's a great point when, when you're talking about areas that don't have that access to the libraries. And, and if you, if, if people out there have any questions or ever, you know, don't know where to start, don't know where to turn, please feel free get a hold of us, ask us for ideas. We would love to get into it and do some research and find out and get you some answers. If that's what's holding you back from reading more with your kids and, and starting this journey, we are here to help and we would love to help you get ideas and do some research. So please just let us know if you need help and we would be happy to help. Please do. I am looking for ideas for myself because we don't have a library. I have a few systems. Maybe we should do an episode on that later at some point, but I do have a few systems. I think we should. What to do if you don't have a public yeah. library? Well. Yeah, I, I've got some ideas, right. so if you have ideas, shoot them our way. We'll do an episode for that later. Definitely. Hit the subscribe button wherever you hear podcasts from, and give us a listen if you want to hear more about strategies and resources for books in your home. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.